your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Hannah Shot is not available. At the tone, please record your message. Hey, this is Eric, and I'm calling about my dog, Mango. So, Mango's four years old, very happy and healthy, and my wife and I take excellent care of her. If she seems healthy, is it really worth the cost of a vet visit? You're listening to Not Just Fluff, pet wellness from Banfield Pet Hospital, hosted by me, Hannah Shaw, animal advocate, otherwise known as the kitten lady. If you're like me, you love your animals a lot, but they can't talk and it can be tough to know what they really need. Not Just Fluff is here to provide you with actionable tips and science-backed advice from reputable professionals who really understand pet care. Do healthy cats and dogs really need to see the vet? Is it worth the hassle and the cost? Why not just take them when they're sick? These are questions I hear all the time as an animal educator, and I'm really looking forward to unpacking this subject today. Today, we are joined by Dr. Megan Gilhooley, DVM at Banfield Pet Hospital. Dr. Megan Gilhooley started her veterinary career working with horses, eventually transitioning to small animal medicine. She's currently based at Banfield Pet Hospital's headquarters in Vancouver, Washington, where she serves as Vice President of Veterinary Affairs, leading the practices more than 1,000 hospitals across the U.S. Dr. Gilhooley enjoys long-distance running and spending time outdoors with her family on their hobby farm, home to ponies, chickens, dogs, and cats. Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Hannah. I'm so happy to be here. I've got to hear about your animals. You have ponies, chickens, dogs, and cats. Is that right? Oh, correct statement. Fun fact about Megan is that we have a hobby farm and uh, we house, gosh, three three ponies, two of which do not have a job. One does. Two goats, countless chickens, three dogs, and two cats. Wow. So animals are not just a job for you. This is a big passion. Yeah, it's the, it's our life, right? Like they are fully embedded into our family. That's amazing. Well, today's episode is all about preventive care. It's something I'm sure you see the effects of on a daily basis as both a veterinarian and somebody who has animals of your own. When we look at recent online search trends, searches for urgent and emergency vet care are far outpacing searches for preventive care. And, you know, I think that that is something that we want to emphasize for everyone. We actually had a caller, Eric, who wanted to know, does his dog really need to see a vet even if she's healthy? So I wanted to give that over to you and and ask you, why do healthy animals still need to see a vet? Yeah, I get that question a lot, Hannah. You know, I think it's really simple, actually. I'll boil it down to very simple terms, which is proactive versus reactive. Proactive care is always easier. And for the pet, that means that they get to go home happy and healthy. For the client, that means that they get a peace of mind and also their budget, right? They're able to budget for that care. But at the end of the day, and for the veterinarian too, like let's not forget the veterinarian. Um, for the veterinarian, that means that we can catch things early and therefore we can we have better ability to treat things, which is what, at the end of the day, we all went to school for, right, is to be able to advocate for those that don't have a voice. Sure. And, you know, the reality is so much of the time, 
we don't know if our animals are healthy. You know, it was interesting hearing that caller because he says, my dog is healthy, but you know, do we need to go to the vet? And my question back is, how do you know your dog is healthy if you don't go to the vet? You know, small changes can be really hard to notice in animals. And of course, they still need to see a veterinarian. But maybe you can expand a bit on what happens at a preventive care appointment and what might a veterinarian be able to catch that our listeners at home might not be able to catch themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we always start with the physical exam, right? Which is a um, nose-to-tail exam of your of your pet. But we also do things like perform uh, diagnostics, like blood work, and that is a great example of being able to catch things early. Because just because the patient looks really great on the outside, maybe they're acting normal at home, there can be a lot of things going on the inside that we may not see, and it's important to catch those things early. Kidney disease is a great example of something that our patients like to hide. They might be okay, but those kidney values might be creeping up. And if we catch it early, we have a better ability to treat it. And then the last thing would be, there's things that we do in the clinic that it's kind of hard for clients to do at home. Example, looking in the mouth, right? Like not everybody wants to open their cat's mouth and look in their cat's mouth, but we have ways to do that. So we can take a good look in their mouth. And then the last thing certainly is we have other diagnostics like radiographs and things like that that let us take a deeper dive into the overall health of the patient. It's so funny you say, not everybody wants to do these things. And the reality is, even if you are someone, because I am someone who's constantly, I'm poking and prodding at my animals and looking in their mouths and looking at their stool and going, okay, what's going on? Even still, they still need to see the veterinarian because like you say, lab work, um, because veterinarians are trained to make these observations that we might not be able to notice at home. And you said something that I wanted to go back to, which was early intervention. That's really, really made a difference in, in my life. My cat Coco went in for a regular appointment a few years ago, and we were able to catch that she had GI lymphoma. And it was very early and we were able to intervene quickly. It's been over two years now that she's been on the treatment for that and it's gone very well. And I always tell people how grateful I am that I do take my animals in so that we can have that early intervention model. Could you expand a bit on the effect that early intervention can have when you catch something before it really gets more advanced? Yeah, I mean, I I just think it gives us a better ability to treat the patient. Early intervention is what we should all strive for in our own health as well as our animals' health. You know, there's great data in human healthcare that really shows the improved outcomes. I'll give you some recent data in Banfield land, which I'm really proud of, but we had a focus this year on heartworm prevention in our patient population. And because of that focus, we were able to reduce prevalence by over 10% um, in our patients, which is fantastic, right? I always advocate for my clients and my pet owners to think about, you know, it's good to have, um, it's good to know, right? Like knowledge is power and knowing about your um, pet is really important. And then we can make decisions together. So let's talk about scheduling these. How often are you recommending that people bring their animal in for preventive care appointments? What we recommend as Banfield is we want to see your pet twice a year. You know, that that is what we want. That's that I think that's the gold standard, if you will, on if we see your pet every six months, 
you know, a lot can change in six months. We know that pets age quicker, right, than humans. And so twice a year would be what I would recommend. And does that change depending on the population? For instance, you know, I have a cat with kidney disease and, you know, sometimes we're taking him in as often as every three months because we want to keep track of his kidney values. Can you talk about maybe who might need to go in a little bit more often? Yeah, I think pets with chronic conditions need to come in more often, right? And that's that's really just contractual between um, you and your veterinarian around, you know, how often do we want um, to recheck lab work? How often do we want to do a weight check, for example? Those types of things. And then, you know, you can kind of budget it out or calendar it out as needed. But yeah, chronic disease always needs more touch points with your veterinarian. And then if you've got a, you know, young, healthy cat or dog, you know, twice a year is great. Sure. And then, you know, I foster a lot of kittens and puppies. And I think sometimes people are surprised when they adopt and I say, okay, you know, they're in very good health. They've had all of the things that they need so far up to this age. And yet you're going to still have to take them in for an appointment within the next month. Can you talk a bit about those first kitten and puppy appointments and why it's important to continue bringing them back for, you know, for instance, their boosters. Why is that so important for that first stage after you adopt? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, one, to establish a relationship with, you know, a veterinarian and the whole team, right? Because care, yes, is provided through a veterinarian, but there's a whole team of humans around that veterinarian to help deliver that care. The second thing I think is that the more we can make the veterinary hospital a fun place to be, the easier it is to provide care in the hospital and the less stressful it is on the patient and on the pet owner. And then the third thing is, again, like proactive care is always easier than reactive care. And, you know, just because, you know, that initial appointment was happy, healthy, all the things, it's still important to come and establish care with a veterinarian and make sure that nothing has changed in between adoption and that next exam. One of the big reasons I think people don't take their animals in for these preventive care appointments is the cost. You know, lab work can add up, um, but the cost of not doing these things can be even higher. Can you talk a bit about the financial piece of caring for our animals' health and well-being? And is it cheaper to do preventive care or is it cheaper to wait until things are going wrong? Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to say that it's cheaper to do preventive care just because, you know, preventive care usually can be budgeted for, meaning that you go into your veterinarian and you discuss what's going on that day. Perhaps they recommend routine blood work, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe something comes up and then you can then schedule. It's more of an elective procedure versus an urgent or emergent procedure. Urgent and emergent procedures, that means the whole clinic has to come to a halt and address your pet. And that takes money and time and all the things. Um, So I think preventive care is proactive care. Preventive care is care that can be budgeted for and you can address things over, you know, a, a longer period of time versus this is a very urgent thing that needs to be addressed today Um, and things like that. Let me tell you guys a great story about my pet and why preventive care is so important. I adopted a a three-year-old bulldog 
from Louisiana, and she came to us with heartworm disease. And as everybody knows, I hope everybody knows, heartworm disease is a very preventable disease. Unfortunately, she was not given heartworm prevention, therefore she got the disease. We treated her. That treatment is costly. The second thing is it's painful. To this day, Sage does not like going into the veterinary hospital. She really does not like getting poked with a needle. Had she been on heartworm prevention, we wouldn't have gotten to this place. That's why preventive care is so important. It's important to the pet owner. It's important to the pet. um, And it's important to the veterinary team. I'm so glad that you were able to help your dog get the care that she needed. That sounds very stressful. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, this is sort of like taking your car in for a tune-up. It's pretty affordable to get an oil change and get a tire rotation, but it's massively expensive to total your car. (laughs) So, you know, best to be on top of things in a preventive way. So lab work is often a part of these appointments. Can you talk a bit about why lab work is so important? The reason why lab work is important is because it kind of gives us a sneak peek into the internal organs of the pet. You know, just because a pet looks great on the outside doesn't mean there's something hidden going on on the inside. Cats are a great example of this. Cats love to hide disease. They seem happy and healthy on the outside. But when you run the lab work, oftentimes we'll find little tiny indicators of, you know, um, emerging kidney disease or maybe emerging diabetes. They love to do that too. So it's really important for us to be able to take that sneak peek because then we can advise the pet owner on what could we do differently to maybe get ahead of this so that it doesn't turn into fulminant kidney disease or we're not going down the diabetes pathway. You know, we can kind of get ahead of it and maybe have a better outcome for the pet. I love that. It's like being a detective. You know, you're going in and searching around and seeing what's really going on in here that I might not know. You know, I think that some people feel when they take their cat or dog to the vet and it turns out that their labs look great and they were healthy, they might feel like, oh, was it a waste to do this? But I love when I go for my preventive care appointments and everything looks great. It's such a relief to me. Um, And I'm a big believer in keeping a baseline for my animals. So I know what is a healthy weight for you? What does healthy lab work look like for you? And we have a date that we can put on it. Can you talk a bit about that, kind of the importance of monitoring a healthy cat's baseline? Yeah, happy to. I think you said some really important things there. The first thing is uh, baseline. It's always nice as a veterinarian um, or a healthcare provider to go back and look at what, what was that patient like six months ago? Is it trending up? Is it trending down? What direction is it going in? Those things are really important. And then the second piece is that a negative in- result is just as important as a positive result. And oftentimes when I'm counseling clients on diagnostics, I will talk about it's okay if we find it to be negative, right? Like that's just as important information as it would be if it's positive. You know, I think that it's not a waste, if you will. It's just the way you look at it. And I think trends over time are super important. And anything that clients can do at home with their pets um, to track things like weight, appetite, activity, you know, uh, changes in behavior, those are all important things that we as veterinarians love to hear when clients come into the hospital. Sure. So what I'm hearing is kind of 
the importance of record keeping and checking in with our animals, both for the veterinarian who's going to have that in terms of a really thorough examination and lab work. And then we have the responsibility of the person at home who, you know, I will be honest with you, I have a notepad on my phone just full to the brim with my own observations about my animals. I'm weighing them often, especially my senior cats. I mean, I weigh them at least once a month so that if if there's a trend downwards, I'm able to do something about it. So I think that there are things that we can do at home. And then there's also that benefit of having the vet record so that we can look at what was the blood work like a year ago? What was it like six months ago? And what's it like now? Can you talk about the potential consequences of not doing any of this? Let's say somebody says, you know, I hear you, but I'm just, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to wait. What are some of the consequences of not having a preventive care approach? Yeah, I think the biggest consequence is the outcome of the patient. It gives us the opportunity to provide treatment. It gives us the opportunity to plan. I think the other thing that's at risk is cost, both from a client perspective, but also from a human resource perspective. Preventive care approach, it allows us to plan. It allows us to make sure we have the right amount of people around to be able to treat the pet. Urgent and emergent care is very different because, you know, you never know what's going to walk through the door. That's why I went to school is that I can be an advocate for those that don't have a voice. So it's a lot easier to do in a preventive care approach, you know, and I think that that's such a hard thing, right? Particularly in this economy, you know, things are more expensive. Um, You know, we're really having to kind of choose between what we do and do not spend money on. And preventive care is something that I would counsel people to spend money on because at the end of the day, it'll probably save you money. I really appreciate that you talked not just about the financial cost, but also the cost just as a person going through this. I That hit me in a deep way because, you know, I, I did experience a loss of one of my animals earlier this year. And while I, you know, it's inevitably something that we all go through, having enough time to be able to process what was going on and to be able to take steps to try to help is such an amazing gift to not have surprises. I think when we wait until something is an emergency, sometimes it can be a very big surprise to us, not just in terms of financial cost, but in terms of the emotional cost too, you know? And so uh, I really appreciate that you brought that up because I think that it is a real gift to be able to go along this journey of health with your animal and to not have huge surprises popping up. I heard an interesting statistic that 23 million additional animals were adopted during the pandemic. I wondered if you could just kind of close out this conversation by speaking to those people and giving them a bit of advice. You know, what advice would you give the people who have adopted these new animals? Maybe they've never taken an animal to a vet. How would you recommend that they approach finding a veterinarian and starting that good relationship? So I would say the veterinarian is very important, right? And I would argue that the team is equally as important. So when I am counseling people and clients about, you know, looking for new veterinarians, um, look for a practice that really speaks to what you believe, what you want for your pet. 
Look for a practice that treats your pet like family. And then look for a practice where um, you can connect with the veterinarian um, as a trusted partner in your pet's healthcare, somebody that you trust, somebody that you can speak openly and honestly with, and do the same thing with the team, right? The person at the front desk, the, the veterinary assistant that comes out to take your pet back to the veterinary team, all of those people come together to provide care in a hospital. And so, yes, the veterinarian is super important, but so is the hospital and so is the team. And sometimes, you know, you're going to be interacting more with the team than you necessarily will with the veterinarian, just like in human healthcare. It's a team-based approach. I'll wrap it up really quickly. For the veterinarian, it's somebody that you feel like you can trust. For the hospital, it's a team that you can trust. And then for the practice, it's a practice that has the same mission and purpose that you do, which is a better world for pets. Can you talk a bit about the client's role versus the role of the veterinarian? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I think the client's role is really, you know, I talk a lot about being an advocate, right? They know their pet better than anyone. And so the client's role really is to advocate for their pet and be transparent with the veterinarian. And that could include transparency around, hey, hey, doctor, I really have some budgetary concerns today. Or, hey, doctor, I noticed my pet isn't moving around as much. Or, hey, doctor, I'm really uncertain about why you're recommending what you are recommending. Those are the things that I wish every client could do when they come into our hospitals because then the veterinarian can help answer those questions or the veterinary team member can help answer those questions. And if we don't know, we can't address the client's concern. I think that you're absolutely right that not being afraid to ask questions is a really important takeaway for anybody who loves their animal. Sometimes people don't know why something is being recommended or they don't understand even what is being done in a procedure. And I'm a huge question asker and that's how I've learned. You know, I feel like it is very important to have a veterinarian who's responsive to questions. And when you have that good relationship with your veterinarian, they can explain these procedures to you. They can explain your animal's health to you in a way that ultimately is going to help you make better decisions for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we as um, veterinary professionals sometimes assume that everybody knows what we know, you know, and not everybody does. So yeah, please, clients, feel free to ask questions, get curious. And, you know, no detail is too much detail for us. Thank you so very much. Banfield's here to provide you and your pet with smart, affordable, high-quality pet care so you can worry less about the vet and wellness stuff and instead enjoy life with your BFF. That's why we created Optimum Wellness Plans. Our plans aren't insurance. They're year-long bundles of preventive care custom-built for the pet you love. Plans include unlimited in-office visits, 24-7 chat for general pet health advice, virtual vet visits, vaccines, dental cleanings, discounts, and more. Optimum Wellness Plans essential pet care made easy. Learn more by clicking the link in the show notes or visit us at banfield.com.
We're talking about preventive care and the positive impact it can have on cats and dogs that we love most. And I'm very excited to be welcoming a special guest, Money Iyer. He's the president of Banfield Pet Hospital. Prior to his role as president, Money served as Banfield's COO for nearly two years, during which he led the creation and rollout of new modes of care and drove a hospital-first culture to ensure the practice met and exceeded the needs of hospital associates and clients. Money, thank you so much for being here. Hannah, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting for me to be able to join you today. Hey, thank you so much for creating a podcast where we can come together and learn about how to care for our animals. I just am so excited to be a part of it. I have to tell you, I'm a huge podcast listener myself. So when I learned about Not Just Fluff, I was really excited. I would love to hear, like, what was the inspiration behind Banfield Pet Hospital uh, doing a podcast? What, what are you hoping to achieve? Well, I'm excited to have been part of creating this in part because, you know, we deliver preventive care. We think it's really important and we do it through our thousand plus hospitals across the U.S. You know, our hospital teams, our doctors and their teams deliver high quality, compassionate, preventive care. But the most important thing for us to be able to deliver that care is for everybody to know how important it is, how important high quality care is and how important preventive care is. And we want to be able to reach people through the ways that they want to be reached which is through technology. And like you said, you're a huge podcast listener. We wanted to reach all the people that love listening to podcasts and give them the opportunity to understand what great preventive care can do for their pets and for the relationship they have with their pets. I absolutely agree that, you know, meeting people where they are is important. And a lot of us are in our car or doing the dishes with headphones on and listening to a podcast is it's amazing that now people can learn a lot of this important information in a format that reaches them. And I do a lot of animal welfare education and I am constantly trying to diversify the ways that I can reach people. Yeah. You know, some people like to read, some people like to watch a video and a lot of us like to listen to podcasts. So we all learn really differently. It's convenient and it's digital and it gets people when and where they want to hear these messages, you know? Absolutely. Why is preventive care the focus for you? Um, I know it's a hugely important topic for Banfield Pet Hospital. Can you talk about that focus on preventive care? So preventive care is Banfield's DNA. It's in our DNA, right? We began trailblazing decades ago in preventive care with our optimum wellness plans, which gives pet owners access to the great preventive services that they need. And also, we know that great preventive care also identifies problems early. And preventive care is how we can invest in their health and well-being. And this is why preventive care is so important to me and to Banfield. It's been part of our DNA. When I got my new puppy uh, last year, Elvis, you know, we took him into Banfield for his first comprehensive exam because we knew that getting that first early read on his health was going to be critically important for us to make sure we stayed on top of any health issues we had and gave him as happy a life as he could have. Oh, that's so awesome. Congratulations on your uh, puppy. Thank you. He is uh, exciting and can be a pain in the neck when he's being a puppy, but uh, when he jumps on your lap and licks your face, there's nothing like it, you know? You know what? Puppies are going to puppy. And I, yeah. I foster kittens and puppies, and I can tell you, you know, 
I'm always emphasizing for my adopters, like even if I am adopting a healthy puppy or kitten to you, that doesn't mean you don't need to go to the veterinarian. In fact, like it's so important, especially for our young puppies and kittens, they need to go in and get those baseline appointments. And even advice, Hannah, you know, one thing that Elvis does, which is, you know, this is every puppy's got his own thing, right? Elvis steals socks. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like wherever they are in the house, he will find socks and steal socks and he will chew on them. And he's occasionally swallowed them and thrown them back up. Now, if it does get stuck inside, that's a pretty important thing to treat very quickly. And so it's not just preventive care. It's not just veterinary care, but the advice I get from my veterinarian. What do I do if Elvis keeps uh, (laughs) grabbing these socks? Well, of course, the first thing they do is tell me to put my socks away, which is, you know, life lesson for me. But more importantly, (laughs) if he does get his uh, teeth into those socks, making sure that I have that relationship with my veterinarian and our hospital team is really important to make sure that I get Elvis the care he needs as soon as he needs it. You know, you just said a word that I say a lot to my adopters, which is relationship with a veterinarian. That is so key because, you know, even if you take home this new animal and they're new to you, but they seem healthy, that relationship is how you're going to build, you know, it's how you're going to make sure that they have the right head start, but also so you know who to call when your dog does swallow a sock, as puppies are known to do. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, if listeners to Not Just Fluff could come away with just one lesson from this show, what would you hope that it would be? The learning that I would ask everybody to come away with is that pet owners are speaking on behalf of their pets, right? And pets can't talk and they are excellent at hiding their pain sometimes, especially cats, right? But also dogs. It's at the heart of what we want to create, which is a better world for pets, is being proactive in making sure that pets are taken care of so that when there is something wrong, when they are in pain, that their owners are taking the steps to make sure that they're getting looked at, they're getting checked out, that any problems they may have are being identified early. You know, one of the things that we've done are surveys with our doctors and clients. And one Banfield survey found that over 90% of veterinary professionals and 80% of owners agree that a strong, positive relationship between veterinarians and owners is important to them. And so this is something we always want to foster. It's something that we want to make sure that we communicate to clients and potential clients that we're here for their pets and we want to foster this relationship so that their pets can receive great preventive care. I love that. I really believe that, you know, people who love their animals teaming up with a good veterinarian, like that is an important, an important team to have on your animal's behalf. And like you say, you know, sometimes we think our animals are healthy and something might actually be going on with them. So it's not about waiting until there's obvious signs of illness. Like you say, cats especially, um, I mean, they just are masters of hiding, hiding their pain. So bringing them in, having that good relationship, I, I hope that that is a message that everybody is able to take away. And I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to share this message with the world and all of the great work that you do. And I love what you're doing and everything you're doing for cats and pets. And I'm so excited that we have this opportunity to partner with you to spread the message of preventive wellness across all pet owners. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. 
think the big takeaway here is that it's better to prevent a problem than to wait until it starts. I can tell you in my experience as someone who has my own animals and who also fosters animals, preventive care is not optional. It really is a requirement for making sure that everyone has the right head start, is having their health routinely monitored, and so that we can intervene quickly when something is wrong. My other big takeaway here is about the importance of relationships, not just with your animals, but with your vet and their team. Animals can't talk and they're very good at hiding when they're in pain. So I love the concept of achieving a better world for animals by fostering a strong partnership between veterinarians, animals, and those of us who love them most. Thank you for listening to Not Just Fluff, pet wellness from the pros at Banfield Pet Hospital. Make sure to get your paws on the like and subscribe buttons so you don't miss an episode.